Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being listeners of Web3 with me. I want to take a few seconds to tell you about my exciting new B2B offering. It is the mission here to educate. I sincerely believe Web3 can make the world better for more people. Businesses shouldn't be left out, though, so I've launched The Web3 Coach. It's a bespoke education experience designed to help your team understand how Web3 affects your particular industry or company and identify opportunities unique to Web3. Whether you have a law or accounting firm with a growing number of clients participating in Web3 through crypto and NFTs, or you're a real estate syndicate looking for different ways to raise money, or teams just of fast-growing Web3 companies who want to understand your customers and your new teammates, I make sure you can talk the talk and leave feeling more confident about this crazy new world. Please take a minute to check out my website at theweb3coach.xyz. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. My guest today is Brian Christensen, who is the founder of Block Cities in the Verse. Brian is a multidisciplinary creator working to bring about a brighter, more sustainable future using blockchain technology. Brian's background encompasses over a decade of experience investing in real estate and also exploring product development, software development, and data aggregation. The Block Cities platform is a bridge between digital and physical worlds where users are able to bring concepts into physical form through a process of voting, reservation, and investment into tokenized assets. We go really deep on the future for cities in general and on this very cool project of Block Cities that Brian is developing. I hope you'll enjoy. LFG, baby. Let's start vibing. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was glad we got connected at NFT NYC and we were able to follow up and, and get on the podcast. I've been was super interested in Block Cities and then then everything else. So this is going to be cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Glad to be here. So, so I always start kind of this traditional way and um, it's always trying to figure out who my guest is, right? And I want to know what is your founding story? What makes Brian Brian? So if you could share that, it'd be great. Yeah, for sure. So... A lot of this originates uh, actually back to like November 2007, actually, where it was my first time, uh, first time learning to meditate. Um, and, you know, I had there and there, there's really two moments, you know, I'll point out this is kind of the first one. But, uh, you know, in this process, there was one night that I had just a series of flashes that kind of like painted a picture of the feature that was completely different than anything that I had expected. Um, and it's one of those things where there's almost like an imprint of thought that you can't go back from like this, uh, almost like a deception, like, or like a stamp that, um, I just couldn't ignore, you know, very similar to like a rubber band, never being able to go back to its original form once it's stretched out. 
uh, it was just something that kind of painted a picture of the future that was very different than what, what I had anticipated. Um, a number of years later, I, I had acquired uh, some land down in Belize and you know, basically the whole concept of it was to create a destination that was open source where users could decide, you know, ultimately uh, the, the housing accommodations that they're staying in, how they get around on the property, you know, the food that they're, they're eating, the experiences that they have, you know, allowing for users to express through voting, uh, you know, ultimately what experiences that they would want to have um, and just taking the piece of land and opening it up you know, to the community for people to express what they want to experience. And so right around that same time was actually when Ethereum came out. And as soon as I you know, understood smart contracts, it was just like light bulb went off and, and we started programming. Um, and so really that's kind of what, what got me into this. You know, I, I, I've got two daughters that very much uh, have put a little bit of pressure on me to uh, try to leave a little bit of a ripple in this world you know, nothing grandiose, but just leaving in the same way that like camping and Boy Scouts, like leave your campsite a little bit better than you found it. I look at, you know, your experience on, on this planet in the same way. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to just build a little bit more of a sustainable future, do some fun things in the process and obviously incorporate uh, Web3 technology to uh, enable that coming forward. That's, that's really cool. That's interesting. So you had the idea to essentially decentralize ownership of land before you knew what smart contracts were. That's so interesting. What what kind of prompted that? Was that just like your, I guess, maybe your values that were like, hey, I want to share this with people? Or like, what was it that kind of drove that idea, really? I mean, a lot of it is just like seeing how cities and towns are built right now where everything is just very, uh, you know, homogenous I guess would be the word you know very consistent like these stick built homes and everything is just like you know I guess in general we're living in this very fixed society where like it's very rare that you see these things that just absolutely dazzle and are completely unique and so and I feel like in general there's you know completely uh, wide spectrum of, of alternative forms of housing that we haven't even began to touch um, it's actually it's in- interesting. Just in the last week, Airbnb put out uh, uh, almost like a call for designs where now they're funding, uh, I think it's like a, a $10 million pot that they're putting into just creating the most ridiculous forms of housing that could be created uh, because they are also seeing this trend of like the highest performing Airbnb rentals are the most unique experiences. And so, you know, that's just kind of like a testament to people are hungry for something different. And so that's, you know, ultimately uh, what we want to be able to help facilitate you know, through our technology for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. So by allowing the community to kind of have the vote as to how this was used, right? Like you are creating something that is like crowdsourced uh, in terms yep. of how it's run, what what is done there? What were some of your early ideas as to where you thought that might go? Was there specific use cases that you thought of? Is there some some things that you were specifically advocating for? So I guess the way that I look at it is if you can do it in such a way where it's taking a, a little piece of land and then opening it up and allowing for collective intelligence to you know be able to shine a spotlight on uh, some of the things that'd be cool to build. In that same 
uh, taking that same model, you can apply that towards solution-based technologies. Um, anything from agriculture systems, you know, that can produce a higher yield to renewable energy, to, you know, whatever that may look like. I feel like the overall concept of leveraging collective intelligence is something that we are just barely starting to experience. Um, and ha it really hasn't actually come into full form in terms of like what that can really empower. But, um, you know, there's a lot of brilliant minds out there. And so being able to take the best ideas and then put, you know, give them a spotlight um, and then allow for people to, to express which ones that they prefer. I feel like that that's something that can benefit a lot of different industries, you know, beyond just real estate. Yeah, for sure. How, how are you finding the people? Or how did you plan to find the people? Maybe it changed once you found Ethereum and then you're maybe a bit more focused or, or, or not. But like how, like who, who were the collective intelligence? Was it kind of like your circle, like your inner circle maybe? Or I mean, I've, I've definitely been proactively uh, searching for people that are just building really, really fun, creative um, applications, you know, particularly like in the world of real estate. And so a lot of this like does come back to a little bit of like Burning Man culture for sure. Um, you know, you see some some stuff. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of like Fly Ranch. That's that's a pretty good example of like a permanent uh, development that's being brought forward. Um, actually, really, really close to where they have have uh, Burning Man. But that's like one example. Another one would be like Blockchains LLC is doing a smart city out in Nevada. Um, you've got uh, Vic doing uh, Liberland, uh, which they've come up with a pretty cool concept. You know, so there's all these these radical new uh, whether like at a city scale developments or just a little community development or even just a single, you know, housing structure. Um, there's a lot of really, really cool designs that are not your standard uh, construction. And so I've, I've definitely been trying to track down the people that are making some things that, uh, you know, I would want to stay in and I'm sure other people would want to as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And how did you, how did you get your, how did you get to the point where you purchased this property in Belize. Were you in real estate before that? And what were you doing before yep. that? Yep. So um, I've, I've been in real estate pretty much all, all my life, uh, straight from, from high school. Um, started doing the investing thing. Really, like I started off bird dogging where I was just finding good deals for, uh, for an investor. Um, and then that transitioned into me starting to acquire properties myself. When, when 2008 happened, um, you know, I very much saw that coming and was kind of preparing to go on a buying spree. And so after the crash, um, started buying up properties around the Midwest, a little bit in the Northeast, Southeast, but basically focused on single family acquisitions where we could you know, acquire undervalue, fix them up, get uh, property management in place, tenant in place, season it for a little bit, and then turn around and sell it, sell it as a performing asset, uh, you know, after getting some uh, consistent performance out of the rental. Um, and so, you know, basically scaled that model up, you know, where we're, we're acquiring single multifamily properties, kind of sight unseen all over the place. Um, and eventually it just got a little bit boring, you know, it was, it was super profitable. Um, but it just hit a, hit a point where it just wasn't fulfilling, you know, my purpose. You know, I, I really got into it just to understand how income producing assets work. Um, because, you know, I knew that once that was dialed in and I fully understood that, you can apply that towards other asset classes, um, you know, in the same way that a rental property produces income for the owner. Um, you know, a hemp plantation is also a resource producing asset that can, you know, produce revenue for the owner. 
um, as well as solar and you know, these other things. And so, you know, that was really my, my primary uh, drive to really get into, uh, you know, real estate was to be able to understand it and then apply it towards other things. Yeah, that's cool. That's, I mean, it's, I think right now, like if, if someone, if you said you were doing this last year or, or something like that, uh, and you had this idea of, of creating block cities like six months ago, people would be like, oh, you're another one of those. But the fact that you had the forethought <laughs> to do this, I mean, it sounds like what, 2014, 15, maybe somewhere around there. Was that when you were purchasing this property? Uh, that, that's probably about right. Yeah, pretty close. Before we dive into like the intricacies of block cities, because I am, I mean, thanks for sharing the deck with me. It looks really cool. I have a ton of questions about it um, yeah. and, and how it's going to work and, and everything. And it, but, you know, one of the questions I like to ask all my guests uh, that are participating in this space is when you are around friends uh, and you're explaining the concept of Web3, how do you define Web3? How do you explain it to them? Uh, so that they understand what the impact might be of something like that? Man, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, in general, Web3 to me is, you know, being able to recognize, um, you know, identity, number one, as, you know, potentially uh, being something sovereign that you can gain benefits. You know, we've seen a lot of like the profiteering off of data previous years and so being able to take back control um, of data is you know one of the the thoughts that web3 can enable um, decentralization is obviously at the heart of, of the industry um, you know but in terms of like how we're actually interacting with web3 uh, you know I feel like we really haven't seen any perfect examples of of what it you know kind of like the the promise that that's been made um, in terms of actually coming into form. So I feel like it's it's definitely been an ongoing uh, you know build out in terms of what it can really enable. Um, but you know there's been some really really interesting applications, in particular in the world of like DAOs and DeFi. Um, you know, being able to participate in projects you know from anywhere in the world and come together to bring about a certain outcome. Yeah. How you is there any particular projects that you direct people to to kind of give them like let them dip their toe in the water maybe before block cities is there like uh maybe certain learning DAOs or communities that you feel like are welcoming to to new newcomers in the space um that's a good question i mean i feel like it really just depends on on their objective you know whether it's if they're wanting to get into like DeFi in such a way where they can just earn a yield or if they're wanting to get into nfts or learn about DAOs, like it, it really is completely different just depending on what uh, what space they're, that they're wanting to, to get into. I mean, ultimately, one of the first first places I always send anybody is like Coinbase, you know, and, and you can do the pay to learn thing um, if you wanted to. If it's, you know, it's just a question of like onboarding. I really, really love uh, the cat or no, uh, what is it? Bitcoin cash app um, just for the simplicity of being able to send to anybody a link where they can accept and receive crypto. Um, in such a way where they don't even have to have the wallet set up initially. So just like really, really smooth onboarding experience um, just for like the complete newbies uh, to be able to give them some crypto where, you know, it, there's no barrier to entry there. Um, so Roger Ver and his team has definitely done a good job there. Um, you know, beyond that, though, DeFine DAOs, you know, that, that's kind of where at that point, hopefully they've, they've been doing enough research in other sectors to be able to kind of navigate 
Um, so there's not necessarily like one DAO or, or anything like that. One, one of the companies that, that has done really, really good, you know, so like where they've got my respect for sure, um, is actually Haifa DAO. I don't know if you've seen them, but they've developed a, a pretty slick little uh, platform and kind of like tool suite to facilitate uh, DAO creation. And so some of these more like, uh, like fine detailed uh, intricacies, you know, around voting and the weights of votes and tokenization and, and all that stuff. Um, and so, the, and this was developed by uh, Seeds, um, if I remember correctly. But anyway, High Fidel is a pretty cool one to check out for sure. Is that when you say Seeds, do you mean Seed Club? The no, no. Uh, so, no so Seeds. Uh, let's see. Let me just make sure I'm getting the, the company correct. So yeah, so Haifa, Haifa DAO would be like the name of the actual platform. Seeds, I believe, is the the coin that they that they use. Oh, uh, gotcha. It, yeah. Interesting. So so they're a little bit more about like regenerative, uh, you know, basically re- regenerative projects where you can more or less spark up uh, an initiative and then organize that initiative. Um, invite your friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. But basically, uh, they've got just a really, you know, pretty killer system. That is the furthest along that I've seen, um, you know, at least I, I would put us somewhere up there, but they they definitely have built something uh, pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, that, so one thing I do want to double click on before we get to Black Cities, you did mention Fox Ranch. Was that what it was called? Foxtail? Oh, Fox Fly Ranch. Fly Ranch. Can you explain yeah. that? I actually don't know what that is. Uh, I'm yeah. very interested to, to learn more. And, and yeah, definitely, like, maybe could show the audience a little bit about it. Um, yeah. Yes. So Fly Ranch um, is basically, it's like a 3,800-acre um, ranch in northern Nevada, um, just right outside of Black Rock Desert. And, and there's a company called Laggy um, that basically held a competition for kind of blending um, renewable energy with like other other resource producing assets. So like whether it's agriculture or renewables or water, um, you know, sourcing water for the property, but blending technology with art. And they they had like a a call for submissions and kind of like this design contest where they just get the, got the most ridiculous uh, submissions that are just a beautiful interpretation of how we can blend these two things in a way that's like engaging and aesthetically pleasing and just out of this world. And so, yeah, whenever you get a chance, just uh, maybe oh, do I like will. a little Google <laughs> Google image search and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm intrigued because to me, I mean, selfishly, that is what brought me into this industry was kind of this ability to uh, express yourself and show your creativity for people that wouldn't otherwise be able to do so that may just be working a normal corporate job or, or something like that. Cause I had recently found my creative like side, right? I started making physical art and then I discovered NFTs. And when I figured that out, I was like, wow, this is just allowing, and look, there's, there's, there's tons of crap NFTs out there too. But for the most part though, like if you wade through the crap, there's a lot of beautiful creations and experiences that would not have been possible, but for the ability to sell those as NFTs. 
right? And like really like taking a step back from the, how can I make an ad campaign for insert X corporation to like, how can I show you what Brian's or what Zach's expression of the world is through some digital art, right? Um, and then build that into a community too. A lot of my guests uh, or a couple of my guests have been collectors and artists and they all have unique ways of going about it. And they all have like a message that they're trying to communicate. So that is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely be going down that rabbit hole a little bit after, after this yeah, episode. <laughs> for sure. So, if, you know, if, if, if I had a, like a little bit of a crystal ball, you know, one of the things that I would say is definitely um, up and coming that we haven't seen yet is, um, so t- take a look whenever you get a chance at uh, LAGI, which stands for Land Art Generator Institute, I believe. Um, and so this is the, the organization that, that holds the competitions um, for coming up with different designs, right? And so over the years, these guys have acquired the most amazing, um, you know, designs and, and IP, you know, as a result um, of, of these different uh structures or or you know just different ways of of designing things right and in the future what we are going to see regardless of whether it's with with laggy or not is where an artist can basically take these designs and offer them in the form of an, an nft in such a way where the person that purchases the nft now can unlock the actual construction plans and from that perspective, when you can start to bring these designs into physical form as a result of simply uh, creating a mechanism where the artist can now receive residual income every single time that their NFT is purchased, but now this creation can start to get built all over the world and different locations. I mean, from an artist's perspective, who wouldn't want to be able to travel around the world and go visit their actual creation that they originated, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so it, it's one of those things where it's just the perfect balance between rewarding the original artist, you know, for, for the time and energy to, to put into the creation um, mixed with uh, demand where it's like anyone that wants to actually bring it into form can simply, you know, hand these plans to a general contractor and essentially has the, the tools to, to do so. That's cool. I mean, it really highlights on it the the incentive alignment that it was was not possible prior to this point, right? Like, was not possible prior to NFTs, prior to blockchain, prior to like cryptographically guaranteeing ownership, right? And being able to build into smart contracts uh, an ongoing royalty for creators, right? That that is, I mean, the. It could be as simple as someone on Twitter shilling the latest community they joined, but it could also be as intricate as what you just described. Wow. And a great segue to Block Cities. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I've had an opportunity to explore Block Cities a little bit, but um, let's pretend that I've never even heard of it um, because the audience may not have. Um, what is Block Cities and you know why are you dedicating your life to uh, this company for the last, what, four or five years? Yep. Yeah. Yes. So Block Cities is uh, infrastructure that bridges the digital and the physical worlds. It basically provides a toolkit where you can bring something into physical form um, and utilize you know, the best what blockchains have to offer in one place. And so it's everything from voting to pre-reservation mechanisms to tokenization uh, to rental functions on the back end once it's built. Um, and then one of the more unique uh, capabilities that we have is actually being able to 
program the distribution of funds on the back end. So imagine if, if on Kickstarter, you know, because we are talking, um, you know, ultimately equity crowdfunding, you know, in terms of like the tokenization side. Uh, but imagine like with Kickstarter, where you could actually see, okay, there's going to be uh, four phases of the funds being dispersed, and then each phase has like multiple tasks that are being completed. Being able to actually see where something is at in the progression of its its construction, uh, so that you have a little bit of checks and balances there, and and also uh, can see if, if something is holding things up from progressing, you know exactly where it's at, uh, you know what's causing that bottleneck, uh, and then and no additional funds will get dispersed until that's resolved, and so to me, you know this is ultimately like programmable creation. Um, and at, at the very core, you know, I believe that we are all creators at heart. And so being able to take a concept and put it onto an assembly line and allow for that to actually come into physical form, you know, that's one of the more potent tools that could be created on this planet, I, I believe. Yeah. So what? let's, let's imagine that um, I wanted to be a part of Block Cities. What does that path look like for me? What what would I be doing? Would I be buying an NFT? Would I be submitting uh, some sort of drawings or creations? Would I be like, what are the different ways that I can participate or anyone can participate with Block Cities? Yeah, good question. So what we've done is we've created a virtual earth uh, where the very first step to unlocking functionalities for your city is to purchase uh, your city in this virtual earth. So what happens is you're buying this little tile, which is represented as an NFT, um, and you're basically buying it and unlocking functionality. Now you just became, uh, you know, basically the the superhero for your city. Now your entire city can vote on things, you can rent things, you can tokenize things, uh, or get paid as a professional. Um, and so the very first step is just unlocking the city. If someone has already purchased that city, then you basically already have the capability to to utilize the platform. Um, the highest and best use is identifying something that should get built you know where there is going to be natural demand for something and you're filling a void that currently exists and that could be anything from uh you know local agriculture production to uh, you know a smaller scale microgrid utility if you wanted to to just simply taking a piece of land and building uh you know a structure that's incredibly unique um, so, I mean, it, it can look like a number of different things, but ultimately it's, it's about taking a physical asset and then whatever that improvement is to it, and then being able to validate that this improvement should take place you know, using the voting and pre-reservation mechanisms. So, okay. I'm a little confused. Um, all right. So yeah. I go in and I buy my city. The city is, is, is an NFT, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's say I buy Atlanta for sake of argument. You can't see my background, but there's an Atlanta sign here I like to point to in case you ever ask where I'm from. Um, and I say, all right, I think Atlanta needs a solar farm, right? Um, but what what is the step from I own the NFT to I think Atlanta needs in the physical world a solar farm? Yeah, so, so first off, the NFT, uh, in this case, let's say Atlanta has already been purchased. So now that's like completely out of the way. So it's basically like now we're just talking about being able to propose that there should be a solar farm that gets built. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so ultimately, what you can do is create a proposal to actually develop a solar farm in Atlanta. Okay, And what happens is you're basically creating 
a request for proposal, an RFP, that you can invite professionals to submit their bids. That would actually be putting the solar farm there. Okay. Uh, the, is the your thing that sorry to interrupt? Is your platform facilitating the uh, request for bids to various yes. contractors and subcontractors? Okay. Yep. Yep. And so, in, from that perspective, you know, you can invite professionals if you know people that uh, that are professionals in that field, um, and then you can also invite your friends to potentially vote on it. Um, but now, you know, the other piece that's still missing here is the piece of land that this would actually be going on in, in the real world, right? And so, so it's a matter of being able to blend the land with the improvement, and then you're basically tokenizing this as a full project where people can purchase shares in it to now bring it into form. Okay, so whatever the total cost comes in as far as that solar PV uh, plant, then basically you're creating uh, shares that people can purchase, which is secured by the land itself and the project. And basically, you know, on the back end, this is where once the funds are raised, then they're dispersed in multiple phases using impressions. Okay, so I, okay, let's assume that it, it is purchased by somebody else. What's my affiliation with the person who has already purchased the NFT for Atlanta? Is there any type of, nope. okay, okay. No, no affiliation. No. Okay, okay. So that was, was like, I guess the distribution of the NFTs was a way to, to raise funds for uh, Block Cities to function. Right. Correct. Raise, I don't need to raise get funds. Permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to raise funds, and then it also allows us to to grow into other jurisdictions that we need to have some real, you know, legal foundations in. You know, we couldn't automatically go and start popping up developments in Cuba tomorrow. You know, there's there's different security laws uh, in different uh, you know jurisdictions, so we need to be able to have. The ability to scale into these territories in a way where we can have that legal infrastructure in place. Gotcha. So, um, so NFT distribution, the building of uh, a a metaverse, if you will, that is a replica of Earth. Um, yep. You can purchase property, I assume, anywhere, right? It yep. is the whole Earth. Uh, we aren't excluding any any countries or areas. Um, uh, how? Okay, so then I say, as as a participant, in the sense that I want to um, want to build the the solar PV farm that we we're discussing, what what obligate like what obligation is on me? Should I be the one that is actually coming up with the proposal that says this is you know how many solar panels we need? This is how much they're going to cost. Or am I just kind of floating the idea out there to the professionals that are already part of your network, and then they're helping me come to the conclusion of what it would cost and building out like the project plan and all that? Correct. Yeah. So, so as the project originator, if you're submitting an asset into, or like you know, submitting this to the system, then you should be able to have like a rough gauge off of, of uh, the total construction, but ultimately. That is subject to, you know, uh, changing, you know, after you're getting those bids in. So it's just kind of like, you know, identify the overall scale that you're trying to go and come up with a rough estimate. And then the general contractors ultimately are the ones or the, you know, the source of the, the solar are the ones that are actually fine tuning uh, what that's actually going to look like. Gotcha. So there is like a, a level of education necessary to participate in facilitating the, the physical world project. Um, are you like actively targeting people that you feel like would be a good fit 
Like, how are you going about uh, bringing in people that are going to have that requisite knowledge and or, I guess, like educating people who may not, like me, um, how, how do you go about that process? Yeah, so definitely like one of our main focuses is on just establishing asset partners. Mm-hmm. And so this could be anything from uh, people that already own and operate uh, you know, farms at scale where they are essentially the, you know, the equivalent of like your property management that can handle everything from seed to sale of that crop. Um, you know, but getting professionals in place that that's all that they do. And so they can replicate that in different jurisdictions, um, you know, and likewise on the real estate front, you know, you definitely need to have professionals that know what they're doing, uh, for this to be successful. And so, you know, identifying the different asset partners, you know, that would make up this network, uh, it's definitely been one of our main focuses. So if you, I mean, you kind of have to, I mean, there's a lot of network effects I feel like that are necessary for this to work. Right. So you're trying right now, I guess, at at what stage are you now? Is there people that are already proposing projects? Um, Yeah, so so right now everything is just kind of in in a testing mode where we're just making sure that everything is completely dialed in and and working properly um, prior to to opening it up uh, in beta. So this has been in in development for like four years. And the reality is there's just there's so many functionalities in order to properly accommodate uh, construction in the real world where, you know, we just had to make sure that everything is just dialed in and all of the functions that you need to be able to successfully execute this, you know, are considered and built in and done the right way. Uh, and so we're just at a point where we're now we're just in final testing mode. Everything is working, uh, beautifully well. Um, and so we're just preparing to, uh, to launch officially and push your token to the live net. So what is the, I guess when you launch, what, what are the next steps? What, what comes next? Yep. So what comes next is ultimately having like a suite, almost like templates um, in the same way that you would have, you know, a template for, for a website or whatever that would look like having templates for construction where it's, you know, ultimately, um, you know, here's one way that you can design, uh, you know, a farm or here's one way that you can set up um, you know, a multifamily property, but these different you know structures that we've already identified um, that are a little bit more plug and play, which is definitely why we've leaned towards um, modular construction. So things that are factory built and can be shipped and set up uh, anywhere in the world. And so, because that just takes you know the barrier to entry out of um, you know being able to facilitate that, because it just comes down to the cost plus the shipping and the permits and the, and the land. And the, the lawyers, where do the lawyers come in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. nope. Lawyers are, are absolutely one of the, the types of professionals that can get paid as a result of participating on the platform. Yeah. Are you, um, is it, I guess, so let's assume that we have a successful project plan. We have contractors, subcontractors to facilitate the project. Where are the funds raised for the, yes. to support that? Yep. So based off of uh, the project op, you know, project sponsor that's submitting it from the beginning, they're ultimately determining what percentage of the full project is being tokenized because you don't have to tokenize 100% of the equity. You can simply tokenize 20, 30% and issue shares in that. Um, and then let's say you're only raising 30% of the funds in actual um, equity, then at that point you can go out and get traditional financing uh, for the rest. And so being able to really combine capital stacks, you know, is, is something that we haven't yet seen 
this implemented in the world of Web3 blockchain tokenization. But um, it's absolutely something that will enable um, construction at a different level because once the DGENs learn how to become capable of, of real world development, you know what I mean? And you can raise your 20, 30% down payment essentially through a DAO and then combine that with traditional financing. I mean, there's not a single project you couldn't bring into form with the right plans behind it. I, you know, I, I know you probably have a tagline, but from DGENs to developers, I think is uh, another one for consideration. Because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, that, it's like, as you think about all this stuff, I mean, you, you are trying to build a real world application that relates to the blockchain, which I think are what will ultimately win out here. Um, but there's a lot of people who are familiar with the real world side. And there's a lot of people who are familiar with the blockchain side, but there's a lot, also a lot of capital that's just sitting there on the blockchain side that whether it's by luck or, or what have you, they have a lot of, like, they're just sitting there with a lot of money. And the only thing they know how to invest in is a cryptocurrency or an NFT project or something like that. So providing a way for them to become either partners or educated in a way where they're comfortable diversifying their assets into real world, like real estate is something that I think can unlock a lot of doors. Yep. Yeah, no, it's providing a great use case, you know, for, for crypto, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is just, I mean, it's just so many moving parts. I mean, your head must be spinning on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there are, there's a ton of moving parts and I, I wish it were a lot more simple, uh, you know, but it's, it's just it's not nature, nature of the beast. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, just real estate in general. Luckily I'm able to have this conversation with you and, uh, enough because my family is in real estate. So I have like a general idea of what's going on. Um, but like, if you, if you don't, I mean, there's, is, is there going to be a, I guess, um, maybe like a boot camp or like an onboarding or like something like that, where you can come to both educate the developers on the DGEN side and the DGENs on the developer side. That's a good, that's actually a great suggestion is uh, doing a boot camp. Up until now, we've been planning on doing everything just through like different video tutorials and whatnot, but really like a live boot camp, probably at like an actual destination where it's like yeah. something, something that gets built and then you can bring them in and, you know, dazzle them a little bit. I think that'd be a really cool concept. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you took them down to Belize and yep. you, you said, hey, look, look what we're doing here. Are you currently uh, working on that project still through Block City? So after the whole uh, quarantine thing, you know, I, I took a trip down last summer and, and things were just completely dead from like a tourism perspective. Um, and so right now what we're doing is we're growing, planted basically 5,000 mahogany trees. Um, we'll, we'll be doing some timber plantations. Um, and then I've also started doing a little bit of agriculture down there. And so that, that's something where, you know, very minimal, um, you know, in terms of like operational overhead to be able to manage that, you know, super low maintenance. And so that's what we've been doing for now, just until things have picked up a little bit more. Uh, but ultimately, that's that's definitely still a piece of land that's been pocketed uh, for later. So we have yeah. 500 acres down in, in Southern Belize in the jungle. So you'll be able to use that. And then I guess there there's different ways that it sounds like uh the capital stack can be allocated, right? Like you can choose how much equity you want to issue. Um, your platform matches these developers with uh, the equity investors. 
or is Correct, that yes. okay? So you've got how are, how are you recruiting on the investment side? Um, how are you bringing people to the platform that are familiar with with investing in real estate and or just want to try something new? Yeah, so you know, really, this is going to be part of our you know the go to market uh, and something that I'm sure will evolve a little bit. But I mean, ultimately, you've got you know, a lot of whether it's uh, funds or family offices or you know, even just retail investors you know, that are in the world of real estate. And so having an actual team that's uh, providing you know, the outreach and onboarding experience is definitely going to be uh, one of the things that we're, we'll be implementing. From a tech side, you know, we've just built out some pretty fun um, capabilities in terms of that dangling a carrot uh, and incentivizing people to onboard you know, the right uh, individuals. And so what's kind of unique about our system is you know, we've, we've created... It's a little like referral mechanism where from a user's perspective, you just have a referral link that you're sharing in the same way that like any other affiliate system would work. But from the admin side, it's modular in nature, meaning that I can always change at a given time if we need more landowners on the system or if we need more general contractors on the system. I can increase the carrot in terms of how many utility tokens someone is earning as a result of onboarding this type of professional. Um, or this type of investor. And so, you know, that's that's kind of what we baked into the system, you know, from a tech perspective, which is just like a tool um, that will incentivize onboarding. But, you know, this this will require, um, you know, a full team that's actually proactively going out there doing the outreach, you know, to, to connect with investors. So I guess from a utility token perspective, have you kind of developed a unique ERC-20 token where people yeah. are, okay. And it's, you know, a you know, the BC token or the Black Cities token, I assume, is it is it a, is it a different fungible token for every project or is it one universal good, token? Good question. Um, so the, the Block Cities token, which is BLKCT, um, basically this is simply to interact with the system. So you can you can use the Block Cities token to vote on things. You can do it to rent properties. Uh, you can also receive your profits and then liquidate into fiat using that. Um, and so, so it's simply a utility token. The, the system for tokenizing actual investments is represented by a security token. And from that perspective, yes, each individual project is its own security token. And so what we've built is it's a uh, customizable security token creation system where you can basically bake in, you know, what are the timeframes to hold? Do you need accredited or not uh, in terms of investors? Uh, when do distributions kick in? You know the asset type, you know, et cetera. So you can basically customize, you know, the rules around your security token, uh, which is, you know, an actual representation of uh, the investment itself. So you're digitizing the shares ultimately, which are represented as a security token, and you're paid out in our utility token. If that makes sense. Okay. So you like. Okay. So if you have the security token that is unique to the project. Yep. I guess the equivalent of a dividend that you are earning on that, yep. whatever you agree to as part of being that equity investor, uh, is paid to you in the BLC. What did you say? Sorry, I don't, I don't want to misquote uh, it. Yeah, yeah, but BLKCT. BLKCT token, um, yep. and then I assume then the the value of the BLKCT token that is not considered a security. Right. Correct. So that, yes. that one's going to be tradable on any decentralized exchange. Do you have plans to list it with any of the centralized exchanges? 
you know, so, so we've been having a number of talks with different exchanges, uh, you know, that part in terms of like who, who will be launching it with, uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be talking about it a little bit later. Yeah. You mean you're not going to spill the beans on web three with me? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we, we, we definitely plan on, on listing it, uh, you know, but ultimately there's, there's some very real, um, uh, mechanisms like so if a general contractor has to buy materials and they have to pay their subcontractors you know, then I've got to be able to provide the function of you know converting that into whether it's you know USDC and then being able to send that to your actual bank account but there's some you know very real uh, liquidity functions that are needed and so maintaining uh, you know the, the actual value there as a stable coin um, where basically you're holding funds in escrow until when they do need to be dispersed. Um, you know, that's that's something that we've definitely baked in. It gets a little bit more complex when it comes to like exchange listings. Oh yeah, the, the tokenomics is the eternal question, right? Yeah, like right. How, how are you doing this such that it is sustainable, such that there's enough liquidity so that no single actor can crash the price? Um, it is, it's, it is, it's also novel, but I think having people like yourself that are so well-intentioned with this and are really just trying to, I mean, you're, you're democratizing the ability to invest in real estate projects that are going to make the world better. Um, I guess if it is kind of up to the project leader, what, what is it that I guess makes sure that the projects that they are proposing are in the sustainable realm? Is there anything, um, or could someone go in and say, I want to build a, an apartment building? Yeah, no, absolutely. That capability will be there. Um, it just won't show up front and center, you know, within the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically we're going to be giving the spotlight to projects that are unique and sustainable um, as compared to like your traditional multifamily. Right. You can still utilize the technology for that. And we do have plans to actually create um, you know, it's like a white label platform as a service where if you want to spin up your own variation of block cities and have your customizable branding. Um, cool. You know, but, you know, ultimately this is a, a tool that, you know, block cities as an entity is absolutely going to be focused on sustainable assets. Um, as far as, you know, other projects that don't necessarily fit that mold, um, it'll still be facilitated. It just won't be uh, what, what we're focused on. Right. So it's not going to be under the block cities name. Um, maybe they have their own utility token, even, uh, like all of that can be facilitated, uh, through the platform. So they could say, I want to create the, uh, web through with me token. Right. Uh, and I'm interested in producing skyscrapers in, uh, Utah, uh, and, <laughs> and I can go in and, and do all of the steps that we've talked about, uh, through your platform, but still advertise it as this is the web through with me development project. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the two options are, um, you know, so platform as a service for some, for like an operator that's already doing like lots of development projects where they just want to have their own platform for their own developments. That's, that's one option, which, you know, obviously takes a little bit of time to be able to spin up. Um, the lowest hanging fruit though is ultimately you can tokenize a project and then export that project, um, as a little widget. So let's say, uh, you've got your own website. This is just simply copy and paste a little snippet of code where now you can showcase your own assets on your own website and have independent branding gotcha. powered by Bloxons. Okay. So if I had a um, development company and I've, I'm already starting development on X, you know, multifamily or X, you know, office building, 
pardon me, I can just kind of take whatever the traditional way of managing that project is, plug in this widget from Block Cities and have it be tokenized. Correct. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And also, I mean, I have to say, being a, a lawyer, uh, not really practicing that often anymore, but still practicing somewhat, the most common question I get is, you know, why why not more security tokens? So uh, from from that perspective, when you talk about the ability to templatize the securitization of a token, I mean, that single service right there is sounds like it would be hugely helpful to a wide array of people. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that Ab- is- absolutely. You know, but so and this this is where I thought I, I had no idea going into this that there would be as many functionalities <laughs> needed as there that there really is you know what i mean yeah. uh because like if, if you just take that model of just tokenization right yeah. and cool you digitize the shares and people buy the shares well what happens when property management sucks and you've got to kick them out and get someone on in their place or make any type of operational or management decision on the back end you know how are you facilitating that in the real world. And so IRL. that's where now, now, <laughs> well, yeah, so, and that's where you have now voting functions and not just voting, but asset specific voting where you can vote with a, a weight uh, or with your vote weighted according to the percent equity that you have in the project. Um, you know, if voting shares are, are enabled as part of that asset. And so, you know, there's a lot of these like little minute details that pop up, you know, where it's not just as simple as just tokenization. You know, there's a really a, a number of other things that also need to be included in order to successfully execute that. But you're right. There's, you know, this is the application of blockchain that um, has taken a little bit longer to come online. I feel like, but you know, you definitely have your companies like whether it's Securitize or Property or Harbor. You know, there's definitely companies out there that are, um, you know, focused on the tokenization, and, and I feel like that's where things really get interesting, you know, when you can actually impact the real world as a result of this uh, digital technology. Yeah, we'll definitely have to link to some of those companies in the show notes. Those are uh, all companies that I have taken a look in. I I went to the crypto and real estate conference down in Miami and I think it was March or February. Um, I love what Proppy's doing. And look, I mean, Every, everybody sees that this is a future. I guess it's just going to be a question who, of who wins the future, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll certainly be rooting for Block Cities. So um, I think I, I love what you guys are doing. I love the ethos. Um, I, I wish I had the sophistication to actually lead a project, but who knows? Maybe one day I will um, because I, I do believe in that side of it. Are there any, I guess, other like closing thoughts around block cities that you would like the audience to be aware of in terms of how they can participate or, you know, when they might expect uh, an official launch and, and everything to the public. Um, so, I mean, the, the biggest question that I've been asking anybody that's you know, either participating or looking to participate in the platform is, you know, what upgrade to the real world do you want to see? You know, what, what needs to be brought into form? Um, either locally in your area that you live or somewhere else. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's definitely the question where it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to participate in the platform, you know, having a pulse on what you want to actually use this for, uh, is definitely something that is, you know, a good thing to kind of like come in with because it's not, you know, you're not 
participating in this platform just to make money. That's not the objective. This, this is about creating like that intersection between profitability, sustainability, and creativity. Um, and so it's, you know, to me, it's like the more people that can show up with beautiful ideas that are just absolutely ridiculous and yet super feasible, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I definitely encourage that. Um, in terms of uh, launch, so we do, we have recently launched our virtual earth in a private pre-sale mode. You can go to blockcities.com um, slash virtual earth to uh, participate in that. Um, not something that's necessarily public facing, but if you go through the little white list, then you get access. Um, and then we'll be launching a main platform here uh, the next few months. And so, um, you know, definitely would love to, uh, you know, have anyone that's interested take a look. And I think uh, what you'll find is pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's definitely going to be in the show notes. So everybody can go in there and then um, we'll make sure that if we have questions and stuff that uh, we'll make sure we can try and get them answered. And that's that's really, really cool. Well, um, I appreciate that. And, and thanks for sharing it. I, it sounds like you started with a uh, clear vision for one property uh, that was then uh, thrust into the rocket ship to the moon <laughs> mode by Ethereum and has now blossomed into something that is even bigger than probably you ever imagined. So, it, you know, kudos to you, sir. That is that is really cool. I mean, these these big ideas, the people like you that are, are doing this, uh, bridging in real life and are willing to think big enough and tackle the things that someone else may say, that's too complicated or that's too idealistic or something like that. Like these are the ones that are going to really work. These are the ones that are going to change. These are the, this is the real impact. I feel like web three is going to have on, on, on the world. So thank you. Um, I always close these interviews with the the same question. You talked a little bit about your crystal ball earlier. Uh, I want to dive a little bit deeper into what Brian sees as the ultimate crystal ball. So if you could tell us, you know, where do you see yourself and web three in general in the next six to 12 months. And then, you know, what is the, what is the big, big vision over the next five to 10 years for both yourself and and the industry? I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So if I had to say like five years out, it would actually be, uh, from start to finish, you know, the development of a small scale city, you know, that is completely different than, uh, you know, the current, current ones that you know are on earth um and actually have that facilitated through tokenization and voting and all that stuff um one of the more more interesting applications you know that i'm I'm personally uh you know very much planning on utilizing and creating that that template we'll call it for is creating a spv which is an acquisition vehicle um, and, you know, being able to, in the same way that I mentioned that you have your, you know, you can create your milestone one, your milestone two, milestone three, and then different tasks within each milestone and professionals. Um, you can do that by saying, okay, we're looking for land at, let's say, $2,000 an acre or less within these geographies. And here are the attributes that it has to have. And you're dangling a carrot for a bird dog to go out and find a property that meets this criteria. And then the people that are invested in it can say, yes, this fits, and boom, now they acquire that piece of land. And then step two is now the design and engineering of what improvements are gonna take place on the land. And then step three is you know, the site prep. Step four is gonna be the actual going vertical. And so creating, let's say, a bucket um, that you can put your money into, which is an acquisition vehicle, that is certainly an interesting application of this technology. The second is um, actually doing things that can upgrade 
um, a community in such a way that's actually subsidizing to some to some extent taxpayer dollars. And so this idea of let's say tackling homelessness in an area here in, in Utah in Salt Lake City, um, there was uh, this thing called Operation Rio Grande where they took fifty six million dollars and you know the whole objective was you know this is going to fix homelessness right and what they spent that money on was bulldozing the little tent cities sticking a bunch of homeless people in jail and the rest went to the police force now if you take that same 56 million dollars and you actually like do a little bit of math uh, based off of what you can acquire a tiny home at that would have paid for every single homeless person in the entire state of utah to have two tiny homes each forever right and so that would have just completely solved it. And so this idea of creating a, we'll call it like a Dow bucket, yeah. where you can put your money into this thing and its specific function is to tackle an issue, um, you know, whether you're setting it up as, you know, a, a continuous agreement for future equity or some variation where it really does meet the definition of, of, uh, of a utility uh, and, you know, or, or commodity and it's not considered a security, I feel like that's like the most beautiful application of this tech where it's actually tackling an issue in such a way that is, um, you know, where the funds are going directly to the root of the problem as compared to, you know, just throwing it away and the bureaucracy and all that shit. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, the, the part, the second part is beautiful. The waste of the $56 million is abysmal. Um, yep. So that is a great example to, to leave the audience with. Um, and then I guess finally, before we close, you know, how can everybody get in touch with you? Because it sounds like you they, you are facilitating a lot of interesting ideas and conversations. Yeah. So the uh, best thing would be go to blockcities.com um, and just fill out the form. Uh, you can check out uh, we're on you know Twitter, Facebook, Discord, all of it. Um, typically, my block cities is our our little handle. Um, so yeah, follow us on Twitter uh, or wherever else you prefer. But uh, blockcities.com is where it's at. Cool. Appreciate your time, Brian. Yeah, appreciate being on here. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks. Thanks for joining Web Three with me. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review, as it'll help us reach more people. If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at offedge underscore. Thanks for vibing in the verse with me and hope you'll join us next time.